1: Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Hedspeth. Over the next half an hour or so, we'll be talking all things Liverpool FC and dissecting that Merseyside Derby Day defeat at the weekend. With me, as always, is my toppest of top reds, although I think he might not be so top anymore. It's Mr Alex Purdy. Talk to me, Purds. How, no, no. How are you How you feeling? I- I'm good, mate. Minamino scored. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else or just that's your main takeaway? All right, good. we'll stick with that. It's gonna be a whole half an hour on the uh, Takumi Minamina. Uh Also with us today is the uh, always excellent Emma Sanders. How are you, Emma?
2: Well I'm, I'm gonna flip reverse this so you guys know about my morning. So I woke up with like a weird gammy eye. it's all swollen and stuff. I've managed to hide it with makeup, I think so that's good. But literally five minutes before coming on air, I made a cup of tea and threw the whole thing down me. So I'm currently sat oh my in basically wet trousers, which probably sounds quite wrong taken in isolation. <laughs> but um, so I've, I've I've made another one. So the flip reverse of that is actually in the grander scheme of things, the football is actually not that bad compared to the rest of my weekend. So um, I mean, I was- yeah.
1: I was gonna say that your your morning just sounds like a real metaphor for liverpool's second half yeah. of the season so far really it, it's it's uh, literally
2: a, a monday morning summed up like if ever there could be a monday morning it's it's the <laughs> one i've had
1: yeah and uh <laughs> you're gonna explain how you got that eye because obviously just before you came on you were telling us about how you were fighting people in the street but i don't know whether yeah. you wanted to share that on air yeah yeah
2: i've um basically after the football decided to take my anger out on people. Um, so no, I, I'd, I'd love to say that I was in a boxing ring with like Anthony Joshua, but genuinely it's not even, it's not even as exciting as walking into a door. Like I literally just woke up and had a weird eye.
1: Just rogue eyelashes everywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's such a 2021 injury. I feel like,
2: um.
1: And finally, yeah, we're very honoured to have a special guest on the pod this week. I'm sorry that it has to be uh, this episode that we're welcoming on. It is uh, the Anfield Raps' John Gibbons. Gibbo, how are you, sir?
0: I'm alright, actually. I'm okay. I've been for a nice walk out this morning, so enjoyed um, some unseasonal sunshine in liverpool in february it's a beautiful day and even better obviously after hearing emma's morning uh always makes you feel better but i must say <laughs> i'm normally hearing about emma throwing drinks all over herself in woodies on wood street uh in town so uh, a little bit different uh cup of tea in a house but i'm glad she's uh you know still keeping it up
1: yeah emma's role on this podcast is very much to make everyone else feel better about about their lives and their weekends <laughs> oh. So oh, i like uh, that I'm going to take that. that. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think we've delayed actually getting into it long enough. So, <sighs> Everton 2, Liverpool 0. First time, obviously, Everton won the Merseyside derby at Anfield since 1999. The big question then on everyone's lips is, was Alex Purdy even born the last time that <laughs> happened?
3: So, I've got the answer and then you guys can guess and I'll let you know how close you are.
1: I mean, we do this on quite a lot of games or records and stuff, and sometimes it's more obvious than others. This one, I think, is a real margin call. I think this, this might actually be the year that you were born. I'm going to say I, that you were. Yeah. I'm going to think you were. You were just born, I reckon. You were like a couple of months old. Because we're talking September 1999.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Danny there because I, I feel like I'm looking at the year I was born, and I know you're, you're about four, five years younger than me, I think. So, working that out, I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm going to go with Andy. I
1: reckon you were a couple of months. Okay, but what you're saying. I know he looks like he's about 12, but he is slightly older. <laughs>
0: I mean, we've got to make this interesting, haven't we? So I will say no. I will say, just, I will say you're still in the tummy uh, when, uh, when, when Super Kevin Campbell uh, scored at the cop end.
3: Okay, so the answer is yes. I was five months and six days old. There you go. Incredible. Wow. Andy, right. it's our was
2: first that... win of the week. Yeah, exactly. I'll
1: take it. Take anything I can get.
0: Got
3: a hazy so hate that, that
1: was probably that was probably your first Merseyside Di- derby experience ever. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
3: and the next there one was on my birthday, and we drew 0 nil. Did my research. So,
1: well, did you? Because I was about to throw the oh, super. Can you name three players from the Liverpool lineup that day? Yeah,
3: big time. <laughs> uh, Michael Owen.
0: Uh, yes, yep. in. right. That's one. Wait, did you say Carriger three? Carragher would have played, wouldn't he, Jamie Carragher? Carragher oh, would have yeah. played,
1: but that that doesn't count for purds though. So Jay- Jamie Carragher the question. Um,
3: Sorry, <laughs> I just <can't>, I just <laughs> love getting involved. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gerard was
3: was there at that time, I imagine.
1: Yes, yeah. uh, but he didn't play. Uh, oh. He did well. He came off. He came off the bench and then was sent off. I'll say. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. One.
3: I'll say Heskey as well. I think that was his sort of era.
1: Uh Hesky did not play in that game. It might have been just before him. But yeah, I'll give you the full oh actually I'll see if Gibber, you might be better placed to name <laughs> more of that, that team than uh, than Perd. See how many you can get from that from that day in nineteen
0: ninety-nine. I think Sandra Vasterval got sent off as well to Ben Nisa, he would have been the goalkeeper.
1: Oh. Yeah, very much. He was involved in a uh, a scrap with Francis Jeffers, so always nice to hear his name. Yeah. He was <laughs> just the goalkeeper that me. day.
2: He's, he's just copying. Yeah.
1: Him, <laughs> <laughs> we already mentioned Carragher. Uh, obviously the other center back was Sammy Hupia that day. Yeah, 10 points for anyone who can get either of the full backs there. Cause they're a little bit, a little bit rogue.
0: I'm trying to think cause it's, oh. Um, Rob Jones was, wouldn't have been still going. Um, it's I don't too late for Rob Jones. Yeah. And it's too um,
1: early I think for Risa as well. Oh, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Risa was summer of the 2001. Uh, Babel mm. had signed yet either. It is a bit of a rogue era that most Liverpool fans yeah, have sort of eliminated. Sort of <laughs> blocked, blocked out.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, I'll give it to you. Vegard Hegem was right back, if you remember him, uh, Norwegian right back. And then Steve Staunton, Stan Staunton at left back.
0: Of course, because Staunton uh, had to go in goal when Best of All got sent off.
1: Yeah, there you go. Midfield, um, Gerard came on, but it started with a centre midfield partnership with Didi Hamann and Jamie Redknapp. Yep. Uh, Patrick Berger was on one wing. Any other guesses for who was on the other wing? Was Schmidt there by then? That was it. Yeah, Vladimir Schmidt. Right, and afraid. then uh Purz has mentioned Michael Owen up front. Fairly easy, fairly standard. Who's the other striker? Fowler. Fowler. Yeah, all day. Good God. Uh and yeah, pretty rogue era, because the bench at that time, obviously Stephen Gerrard came on. Eric Meyer was another substitute that day, and Titi Kamara. So oh, ah, yeah.
2: Titi, what a guy.
1: Liverpool legends, every one of them. Support for the Gagan Press podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in below-the-waist grooming. That's right, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And on the Gagan Press, we have an exclusive offer for listeners that's 20% off Plus, free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. So, Manscaped has created the best in class ball hair trimmer ever. Yep, that's right, I said ball hair trimmer. It is the Lawn Mower 3.0, which features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Ouch, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for more precise shave and is waterproof. So, you know, you can take it in the shower. Don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as on your balls come on that's just not cool is it the lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0 which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there so yeah trim your junk get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code 90min and the number 20 at manscaped.com okay now back to the episode emma I'll start with you. I'm going to go around everyone here. Who had the worst experience watching this game then? How how unbelievably unpleasant was this Saturday afternoon for you?
2: Well, taking on my role of making everyone else feel better. So, yeah. uh, there, and there is a story here. So I booked off Friday night and Saturday, annual leave for like the first time in ages. I think it's the first Saturday I've had off in months. So it was my sister's fake Hindu on the Friday night. So I'm the maid of honor. So I organised this virtual drinks thing on Zoom. So, Is that what
1: it was? Virtual hendu?
2: Yeah. So basically she's had to postpone the wedding. I won't go into all the details about my okay, sister's okay. wedding. But uh, yeah, but I thought, let's still do something nice. So we got the bridesmaids on and basically we just got drunk for hours on end. So, um, yeah, so as you can imagine, I woke up on Saturday morning, was extremely vulnerable, um, had to order a Mackey <laughs> breakfast. Um, <laughs> So this Saturday didn't really get off to a great start anyway. Um, And then I thought, no, it's fine. I've got the day off, don't have to work. I can just relax, watch a bit of football. Um, So yeah, so then I sat there um, with this hangover, which I just could not shake all day, Um, then had to watch the football. And then I was so angry, but usually I go for a run afterwards, but because I was so hungover, I couldn't even go for a run so i had to sit there mulling over this defeat and then you know some some of my mates were like let's jump on zoom and drink it off and i was like i can't even look at a bottle of rum so i couldn't even <laughs> drink it off so i just had to sit there for the rest of the night with no alcohol no run um, just stewing just stewing stewing. on my day off. oh my god yeah
1: I mean that'll that'll take some beating. Uh Gibbo, how was how was your how was your Saturday
0: experience with this one? Yeah, again better and again and better. <laughs> so I'm really pleased. We um we actually went into the office to do it. So we've obviously mm. well I say obviously but we've been closed, uh, like most other sorts of businesses and not working remotely. Um yeah. but we um but but we decided to sort of get it, try and get in on Saturday, and, and to do we do sort of live alt- alternative commentary, and, and we decided to do do it in person. So we were all sort of spaced out. So it was quite a strange uh, situation. All you know, sat on chairs on these X's, all kind of yeah. you know sort of spread around. I think it probably people have probably seen a couple of other uh, notable fan ch- channels doing something similar. And it does it does look and feel strange, but I was very very glad of it at full time that I wasn't just sort of in my house on my own, sort of stewing, uh, and instead I was I was with friends. And, and we managed to have you know a bit of a laugh and it was nice to see people as well like yeah. and and seeing anyone since since the uh since the of December uh when, when Liverpool was 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 sort of tier 2 and so it was um yeah, it was. It was. It made the made the best of it. To be honest with you, and it did sort of prove that you know football, as is is meant to be a communal activity, and it does make you feel better in bad situations if you're able to sort of, yeah, talk it through together and put all the put all the <laughs> right's wrong or the wrongs right, should I say? Yeah. And uh, I generally find I have a laugh. Yeah,
1: I mean, in the end, the result doesn't really matter, right, Purs? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you want my do
3: you want my viewing experience? Oh, I'll make it short. It was well, I was, was gonna was, say was a lot of similarities was, to Emma's actually, uh, or actually, yeah, the opposite. Zoom. Um,
1: Zoom hen parties, that's what you normally do on a Friday that's night. always what I'm doing, yeah. Paird, was the stripper. Yeah, you weren't meant to tell everyone
2: that, third.
3: Okay, so my mates were going on Zoom at half six, and I was like, you know, I'm going to be late here because Liverpool are playing, and they know that. I've been late for many occasions because of Liverpool. Um, so I was I was pre-drinking by myself, um, and at half time I got the vodka out because we were 1-0 down, and I... Knew exactly how it was going to play out. So I thought, I'll, I'll get battered now. So I'm not angry. <laughs> um, and then we can see the second one. And I can't remember the last time, if I've ever done it, I, I switched the TV off, unfortunately. And just went on Zoom. <gasps> All time. Didn't watch the last 10 minutes. I can't remember the last time I didn't okay. see out a Liverpool game. But it's
1: proper bad fan behaviour, that yeah. bird.
3: Sorry to admit. Better things to do. Uh, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> better things on. to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot left of that game. I mean... Emma, you posted a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember the specific game, but uh, you tweeted out a Liverpool bingo card for this season, which contained, among other things, it was, uh, I'm going to open it now, Um, it was things like blaming, all the blame being put on Thiago, another player being down injured, uh, fans complaining about Liverpool not performing well with no defenders, everyone being an expert on Quebec, and being called bad champions, I'd say this game pretty much ticked off all of them, wasn't it? We got the full bingo experience with this game. Happy yeah. about that?
2: No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but again, if we you know flip reverse it, that that was another win of the weekend, wasn't it? So we all won on bingo. So well done, yes. everyone. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it it was ahead of the Man City game. I think I tweeted that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just I was actually thinking about this yesterday, just randomly but I actually can't remember the last time Liverpool played a game where a player didn't get injured. Does anyone actually know? Oof. Um,
1: 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can even uh, calculate that. Uh, but sticking with you, Emma, I would say that this was, of the seven losses so far in the league this season, this was probably the, the most painful one yet for me. And not just because it was Everton. Hmm. Obviously, you know, it does have a special significance being the Merseyside derby. But it was just so obvious and so listless, as Perds alluded to. I think from from minute two, I think personally, I was like, "Yeah, I've seen this movie already." And uh, Gary Neville after the game called Liverpool zombie-like, and I mean, I don't want to agree too much with with Neville, but I think that just sums it up perfectly. Really, there just wasn't anything about Liverpool, and from the moment that Richarlison goal went in, it was it was it kind of looked like a foregone conclusion.
2: Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I, th- I think I do agree with you there because I think the performance in the Champions League sort of got everyone up a little Everyone's bit. Hopes up again, yeah. Yeah. And everyone thought, you know, maybe that maybe we're back. This this is this is the Liverpool that we're used to. Um there was a bit more flair, a bit more creativity. Just seemed like there was just less pressure on them and they just played with the shackles off. So going into the derby, I think there wasn't perhaps the pessimism that there was going into the Manchester City game, for example. There was a little bit more optimism of, you know, may maybe that 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 performance in in europe will will give them a bit of confidence, and like you say, all of that just was just killed in, in you know early on, and I think killed immediately that, as well as yeah well. basically immediately and i and I think it was the same for the players as well, you know so with we're, we're sitting here talking about fans and thinking, oh well, that's it, it's gone, and I think the players mm. probably like couldn't get that out of their head given the form that, that they're in and just everything's going wrong for them. It was just one thing after another. And then obviously James um Jordan Henderson's injury for me is probably the worst thing to come out of the game. Like he's he's probably the worst player really, um, that apart from maybe Salah that that could have got yeah. injured. Um mm-hmm. and I was like, oh this I think that just sums it up really. But you're right in the sense that I think when the first goal went in, um you know, if we look back six months ago, when when Liverpool were, or however long, you know, when Liverpool was sort of in in this champions form, um, you still felt like there was a way back in. Whereas it's very hard now to stop yourself thinking negatively, and any time something goes wrong for Liverpool, because it is just a bit like a domino effect at the moment. And and like I say, I think that the hardest thing for the players is is to get that out of their head. Otherwise, it's just going to keep going on like that.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Gibbo, do you feel the sort of same way about the sort of the obviousness of that of that defeat and how it looked so so inevitable? Does that does that make it all the more the more painful?
0: Yeah, I think the the fact that it just Everton just seemed a bit more up for it and just seemed yeah. a bit more sure of, of what they were gonna do and you know the, the, the first goal comes from, from them sort of being first to a second ball and having the time and space to kind of to, to play that through ball and obviously it's a really good finish, but it's just all a bit too easy, really. And it feels like mm. for Liverpool at the moment, we have to work so hard to create chances. And whereas for the opposition, you know, it just seems to be, you know, or whatever whatever they get into the final fair, they, they, they can cut us open and so, something's there. And so I don't know, it just it felt like more of a derby to Everton than it did do to Liverpool. And I think we, you know, we concentrated so much on, on keeping our heads and, uh, and not, you know, sort of, you know, having the, the events of Goodison Park, you know, sort of in their heads. I think we sort of, yeah, you know, we're almost too relaxed and too sort of calm if you like. And, and there's obviously a happy medium. You don't want to be seeing, you know, players, you know, flying in and getting themselves sent off. But at the same time, you know, it is a derby. And I think, you know, that sort of seems to show, more for Everton than I think it did for Liverpool, and you saw how much it meant to them at, at full time. And for us, I think it just felt like not even another game. More like you know they were going out for for Sunday night or Saturday night training session, really. And yeah, I think that's frustrating because obviously as a supporter, this this fixture you know means a lot. and You know, it's 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 it maybe means more than any other to, to, to win it, and you know we just didn't really sort of feel like that for the, for. The, for the players, for for whatever reason, Look, I'm sure they're here, and I'm sure you know it does kind of matter to them. But I just think they weren't, for whatever reason, they didn't seem to go into the game with with the right mindset, and as a result, before we knew what was going on, they were one 0 down. Yeah, I mean, Purds, that's a really that's a really important point. I think the,
1: the classic cliche about any derby, particularly the Merseyside derby, is that form goes out the window, and it just becomes this this battle on the pitch, and whoever comes out on top will win the game. But as, as Gibbo said, there that that didn't really happen. There wasn't any sense from Liverpool of, of urgency, of fight, and it was just the same sort of this, this sleepwalking kind of form that they've been in.
3: Yeah, exactly. Our form didn't go out the window. It stayed exactly the same, which is, which is terrible. And, and Everton <laughs> yeah. were sort of on the up and they, they maintained it. Um, the only other win we can take from this is that there were no fans and it feels a bit hollow for them to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> count. It doesn't actually it doesn't count. count. Doesn't count. Like, <laughs> they've not actually won at Anfield. You know, they've not... They, they've won it in Liverpool. Not a full Anfield. No. no, exactly. I Look, it's. It, I'm happy for them. Fine, take it. Um But we'll be back and um this won't happen again. Uh
1: Let's... Yeah, let's hope not... And uh, we've kind of touched on it already, but the, the tactics, I mean, the performance was listless, but I mean, they say the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Is that sort of what's happening with Klopp's Liverpool at the moment? We're seeing them, I mean, it's a confidence thing for sure, but Klopp's not really switching around the system to, uh, to counteract the way that teams are playing at the moment. I mean, Emma, I'll throw that to you to kick off.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think he's he's obviously limited in terms of personnel. So yeah, I'm not, not I'm sure. not I'm not sure what what else he can do in terms of, you know, the setup and the way that they play. And I think I think in, in his head he's probably trying to keep things as simple as possible. So trying to introduce new new styles of play or new patterns of play or you know, new tactics or formations. I'm I'm not sure whether that will benefit them because it'll only just give them something else that they have to try and think of or um but then the flip side to that I guess is yeah maybe there's no harm in trying something new when you know things clearly aren't aren't going your way. But I mean you know I've said I've said this before on on this podcast and I've already, you know, alluded to it today. I for me I just think it's it, it is a mindset thing at the moment. I don't think it is about um, the actual, you know, ability to play to play the football. And I, I, I think it is just a mindset because even even in spells in the derby, you know, you're talking about that, and I completely agree, Gibbo is bang on in terms of not really looking like they, they were up for it, but they still dominated a lot of possession within spells, you know, within sort of 10-minute patches and you still were able to kind of create create the odd couple of chances. I think Trent had quite a good game in spells and he was getting into space and putting balls into the box and it was just kind of the final edge that Liverpool haven't got and you think that if they just get that confidence and that sort of sense of freedom and creativity and a lack of pressure off them then I just think those little minor details will will come back because for me that is that is all that's all that's missing but given the the way that Liverpool play and the type of football that Liverpool play, those details make such a big difference. Um, so, yeah, yeah so I, I think it is an interesting question. And yeah, perhaps perhaps maybe a slight change might be beneficial, but I, I can I can see Klopp's thinking, I, I just think he's, he's just trying to keep it as simple as possible.
1: And I guess the thing is, we are still seeing hints of the old Liverpool in in moments. I mean, yeah. we saw against against Leipzig, you know, with the two goals that Liverpool scored with and Mane and against uh, West Ham and Tottenham recently as well. Manchester United and we in They FA uh, Manchester. Yeah, and we keep getting a sort of uh, a sense that the team are, are there just under the surface but i mean if you looked at that those two lineups pre-game i mean on in terms of quality you wouldn't there's not really an everton player that you would swap into that liverpool lineup okay maybe maybe one of the defenders with all the injuries that liverpool had but then if you're talking on pure form and confidence i mean i'm not sure there's a single liverpool player that you would have taken over there so i guess it's just <laughs> it's it's just a question of of getting that that mentality back and that confidence back wouldn't you say Perns?
3: yeah i think i mean the, the moment that sort of stuck out for me was when Pickford's having a blinder as well after that Henderson yeah. volley because mm. that was class from Henderson um and Pickford shouldn't be able to get across with his tiny arms so I'm even taking <laughs> I'm even taking Pickford <laughs> over Allison at the moment which is which is hard to say we're we're Please in a really difficult place no i right, well, I'll take it back I'll cut it out um I think what Emma said about mentality is probably the thing that we need to focus on most here, but obviously our injury situation is. I don't remember a team ever having this, let alone Liverpool ever having this. It's just unprecedented.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I saw some stat, probably from Twitter, and probably wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote it anyway, you know. And it said that only Robbo and the front three haven't missed three or more weeks with uh, with injury this season. So Emma's nodding at me, and she's a proper journalist, so I'm going with that. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's yeah. pure fact now. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah and and Purs, I know you've been locked up for a long time and you're desperate to get the rave on but please don't don't back Jordan Pickford again on this on this podcast. Sorry so. mate
3: I'm in such a bad mood about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really yeah all right I won't say it again. But he did he had a good game and that's just like typical game. isn't it? Like he's terrible and then he has a good game against us.
1: Uh yeah and it does it does kind of feel like everything when you're in this in these run of form, these runs of form everything does seem to be going against Liverpool and another thing that I guess people did have complaints about was the penalty. It was a weird one. Gibbo, for you, was that a pen?
0: Probably not. No, I think it, it probably isn't. It was it was a strange one because you, you're not you're not used to sort of seeing anything like that. So you're trying to sort yeah. of figure it out, and then and then the referee just going over, and not really looking. Like he seemed to decide on his way over uh, that mm. it was fine, and then, and then run back. And, and I know we've all said we want them to speed it up, but that was ridiculous. Wasn't it? I don't <laughs> even I don't even stopped. <laughs> but. Um, I don't think it was a pen, and you and look, you see the you know the ones you know not given some of the ones over the weekend, like the one of the late in the Sheffield United game, which was just like assault. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. like, well, what is sort going on? But I, I sort of struggle to get annoyed about it as well because I just don't think we were going to score and so for sure this this season's been so ridiculous with Liverpool with referees decisions and VAR. you sort of have to choose which ones you're going to get angry about and which ones <laughs> you're going to just leave uh it's yeah. like picking your fights at home isn't it during <laughs> lockdowns you know what I mean you can't be you can't be doing all of them and so uh and so I think that's one I've just decided it's it, it's not worth it because there'll be something else next week and I'll have to get heads up about that
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it is just the, I don't know, sometimes you can can ignore these things too much, you can talk about them too much, but at the end of the day, if you're a good enough team like Liverpool were last season or they have been for the last two or three years, these things, they don't matter as much because you're taking the other chances to make them not matter. And I guess when things are going your way, you, things aren't going your way, you pick up on them, on them more. Emma, for you, what did you make of it? it? Was like, did it did it matter in the end that penalty decision? Probably not. As Gibber says, right?
2: Yeah, I agree with Gibber. I don't think it really mattered much. I think all it did was 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 send Purdy over the edge to the point where he turned the game on. <laughs> um, yeah, and second but, bottle of vodka. Yeah, uh, yeah, it probably made my hangover feel a lot worse. But I think I think the actual decision itself, um, I I think it wasn't a penalty, probably, but. I think like the the thing for me is on initial viewing, I, I would have gone no, it's not a penalty. But I could mm. see why the referee might have given it. But then when it goes to VAR, um, and you actually see it play out in full, that's when I think oh no, like you surely have to rule that out. Like you know when you see that actually Trent can't go anywhere, he doesn't move, and Dominic Cavett-Lewin essentially just runs into him. Um, I think that's yeah, that's that's when I, I would have overturned the decision. Um, mm. but I can you know like I think I, I genuinely I, I, I agree with Gibbo where it's one of those where you just go you know what it didn't really have a bearing on the game in the end it was one of those decisions that we haven't we haven't seen fully enough of all the crazy decisions in VAR sash, just general officiating this season that is one that we haven't yet seen so um, yeah yeah it, it's it, I could I could see why it was given but personally for me it it was a no
1: Yep, agreed. Um, Perds, final question for you then before we move on from this game. Uh, null and void the season?
3: Uh, yes, please, mate. Yeah, it's just pointless. <laughs> yeah. But no one wants it, apart from Man City fans. But there aren't many of them about, are there? So for the good of the game, <laughs> let's just void it.
1: Exactly. Okay, we'll take a short break there. And when we come back, we'll be looking ahead with how, these fix these, with how Liverpool fixed these problems and the game coming up against Sheffield United. Okay, we're back, Um, Gibbo, I'll throw this to you, we've touched on this before a little bit, but what needs to change specifically, how do Liverpool break this spell that they're in, how do they sort of turn the corner and get back to the team that we have been so used to seeing over the last couple of years?
0: I think it's tough, isn't it? But I think, you know, you because know, we talked a lot about mentality and, and how do you sort of change that? You know, if it was easy, as easy, you know, as, as just sort of have a different mentality, do you know what I mean? Then, yeah. then, you know, what would the football sort of manager be? And so I think, you know, that that's, it is a difficult thing to sort of turn around in terms of, you know, the fact that everything do, does feel like it's going wrong for us. And that's obviously, you know, getting into the, the players' heads a little bit. I think the Henderson injury is obviously. You know, means that we're going to see even more centre half differences, centre half partnerships, and I think what I would personally like to see is to, to, to maybe say well. Okay, well, who are we going to go with? I think he has to pick defenders there now because he because he's running out of midfielders to play at centre half, and so <laughs> Salah crazy... and Mane next exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think I think you know. Okay, well, if we're going to stick with Kabak, um, who's who's been up and down, obviously, but has shown enough to say there's a defender there. Who could we play alongside him? Whether that's Nat Phillips or or Ben Davis, who we haven't seen at all yet, to sort of give him a go, and then just sort of go from there. Really, and say well, okay, okay, you guys have got to run now, and if Fabinho is. Coming back, I'd love to see him at the base in midfield because we haven't seen enough of that, I think, this season. I think that will give us a a platform to allow other midfielders to start to express themselves. I think we'll see more from Thiago. I think we'll see more from Jones and Ronaldo, You know, whoever he picks there, you know, maybe Oxley chamberlain sort of give him a go because he's just been doing some appearances. And I just sort of go from there because I think... I understand the midfield of a defense, you know, situation and how we've sort of ended up there. But now we've had it removed. Yep. I think you know, going with centre halves, you know, for better or for worse. And once Fabinho is back, which is hopefully soon, um, seeing him as a midfield, I- I'd just like to see that. And I think that might be a way forward for Liverpool.
1: Agreed, Emma. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, I definitely agree in terms of the centre back uh, pairing. I. I-, I- completely agree with that I think we just need to see a run of games where we've actually got the same defensive partnership but uh, something that I'd I'd add to that is I'd like to see the players who were in confidence kind of given a bit more of a starring role in the team so perhaps the likes of Curtis Jones maybe just say to him look let's give you a bit more of a a freer role in midfield because um, you know what what harm could it do to get a player who confident and wants to get on the ball at the moment, given yeah, And he's that, trying that things, option. he's creating things. Yeah. He is, yeah. and yeah, and, and you know obviously it, this has been a in in the grand scheme of things, this has obviously been a, a great season for him personally, individually. Um mm-hmm. and probably probably the same with Salah as well. You know, maybe get him playing a lot more centrally, you know, get everything going through him just because obviously he's he's still firing on, on all cylinders in terms of numbers. So um perhaps just yeah, just maybe Mold the team a little bit around those players who are who are who are standing out and performing well. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I I think I completely agree with Gibbo. It's just get that centre back pairing and just get them playing together regularly. And for me, it would be Carback and and Nat Phillips because I think Nat Phillips has done has done a pretty good job.
1: He did all right yesterday as well when he came on. I thought he was he was sort of mm. quietly decent in his role. Is it weird though that we haven't seen any of Ben Davis yet? I mean, Perds, what are your thoughts on that? You're shaking your head at me. You, you don't want to see him, do you?
3: <laughs> well, I, I do now because I do want Fabinho back in midfield as soon as possible. But I think trying to have Henderson and Quebec as a sort of consistent pairing was the right choice and just ripped away from us in the first 30 minutes or whatever it was. Um, but now, now, like John said, we've got to, we've got to play defenders there. Um, mm. And look, he was only two mil and... This isn't the only season he can play, so we don't have to rush him in. But I guess we do now because everyone else is injured. So I understand why <laughs> he hasn't played, but he basically needs to now, unfortunately.
1: Are you, are you not excited to break the, the 20 different centre-back partnerships uh, barrier for this season? I mean,
0: that's the real that, trophy, that isn't that it? There's maybe us... an ar- argument now just to see how many we can do. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go for it. Because that's <laughs> a great <laughs> excuse See, as well. Can we
1: hit thirty? Can we hit thirty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the weirdest ones as well, just like Kelleher and Curtis Jones back there or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Emma mentioned uh, Mohamed Salah there and potentially getting him playing. I don't know more centrally or at least making him sort of the figurehead of the attack. I think there definitely is an argument for that. And for me, what he's done this season, I mean, he's been very sort of quietly impressive, um, at least sort of in terms of focus from from other fans and for the rest of the league, but. Potentially, it looks like he's on for his third Premier League Golden Boot in four seasons at Liverpool, which is staggering. Really, is it not?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, he's it, like, and I think that's that's the thing that perhaps we as Liverpool fans take for granted with, with Salah is that he just consistently yeah. hits numbers. He is incredible. Like his his goal scoring record is just it is absolutely incredible. Um, I would go as far as to say he's. He's without doubt one of Liverpool's greatest ever strikers um, because just, well, forwards. I mean, he's not even an out-and-out striker. He's a, he's, he's a winger, really. Um, mm. But his his numbers are just staggering. Um, and like you say, he's he's doing it quietly because he's without all the flashy stuff that he had in his first season or without all the, the flashy stuff that perhaps Luis Suarez used to have where he used to, you know, score these incredible goals and, you know, cut inside of players. And every time he got on the ball, you had that sort of sense of excitement. We had that with, with Salah perhaps in the first season, maybe in the second. Now, you know, we haven't really got that sense of excitement at the moment because I think that coincides with, with winning games as well. But yep. you still feel like whenever he's on the pitch, you've got somebody in there who can just score a goal at any moment. And that's so that's so important. And um, yeah, I think I think it's probably a good thing that he's going under the radar because if he, if he can just keep hitting those numbers, then when Liverpool actually do hit form, um, <laughs> I just think that will just be, you know, an even better bonus, won't it, really?
1: Yeah, I mean, is, on the other side of that then, Mane, is he having, are we getting to a stage now where we're talking about him being a little bit out of form or is there any, Is Gibbo, you're sort of nodding a little bit, at me? Is there, is there a worry over how Mane has been performing at least in the last, in the last few weeks?
0: I mean, it's not been a great season for him overall. I don't think he's had, you know, odd good games, but I think generally speaking, you know, he's not quite hit the heights, but that can happen sometimes. And the issue is with, obviously, with, with Jota's injury and the fact that, you know, the, obviously he didn't have the f- the faith in Minamino to play him more, and Arigje sort of feels like yesterday's man now as well. And so, you know, under normal circumstances, I think you'd be rotating these guys in and out, same as for me, uh, But instead, yeah. he feels like he sort of got to play them all every week. I think I think a rest, both physically and mentally, uh, wouldn't be necessarily be a too bad thing for for both Mane and Firmino. But but he's not feeling like he's he's able to do that at the moment with, with, the, with the players he's got. And so you're just sort of asking people to go again. And, and it's like what you said before, mate, isn't it, about the definition of madness? But, you know, yeah. it's 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 the, the situation that obviously that the manager sort of feels like he's in. So I wouldn't say I'm worried about Mane because Mane will be fine. At some point, it will sort of turn around for him. But I don't think it's necessarily doing him any favours just to sort of, you know, to be sending him back out there and, and go again and go again every sort of few days and, and, and hope, you know, we turn it around.
1: Would you would you like to have seen Minamino stay then in January, Gibbo? Because for me that was kind of a weird one to see him go out, especially now. I mean, he's got another nice goal at the weekend. He looks like a proper player again, and I'm I'm sort of a bit worried that we've lost an option there.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I think they've basically thought long term with him and thought the best thing mm. for him. Um, the thing that's most likely to give him a successful Liverpool career is 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 going out on loan at Southampton and, and and getting used to it. And it was interesting. Um, the southampton manager talked after the game and said oh he's great on the ball but he needs to he just there's still work he needs to do off it and and that was an interesting thing to say about a forward who just scored a great goal for you but you know so yeah. it's obviously something that they've picked up on and and and, and Klopp will have picked on up on as well but you know it just it does feel like you know <laughs> worrying about you know i'll worry about whether' my forwards are doing the work off the ball another time you know there's a fellow yeah. who kicked the ball in the goal at southampton <laughs> at the moment so so let's sort of get him here so, yeah, it does feel like, you know, um, at the moment he, he could be better served here, but he wasn't playing him and, and that, was a, that was the thing, wasn't it? So he might as well be somewhere he can play. But it did seem strange that his last start for Liverpool was a 7-0 victory uh, in which he opened the scoring. Um, but, hey, that's, that's the that's, way it that's is. The decision that's been made, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do kind of look at that Southampton front line now of Minamino and Ings and kind of almost wish that that was our backup option in attack. But you know, not to be. Emma, do you see him coming back in in the summer then, or do you think his chances has maybe is slipping away?
2: No, no, I I completely agree with Gibber. I, yeah. I think it was I think it was a long term decision, and I think Minamino would have had a say in it as well. And I think I think Klopp, yeah, um, Klopp's not really the type of manager I don't think to give up give up on a new signing as quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think they would have had quite an honest conversation, and Klopp would have said, look, I I want more from you. I don't I don't think you were where you need to be as as of yet. Minamino's has probably found it hard to settle, maybe hasn't quite got the confidence, and they've both said, look, go out, go and enjoy yourself in a team that is, um, you know, doing well uh, this season. Um, he's going there with with somebody who Liverpool know in Danny Ings, who is a top professional that will absolutely push him week in, week out in training. Um, I think Klopp's got respect for Ralph Hasenhutl as a manager. Um, I think Southampton is, is a brilliant club. It, clearly has a good relationship with Liverpool given the fact that, you know, Liverpool have brought their team for like the last five years. Um, So, so yeah, I think like all in all it, I think it made sense in terms of his personal development and just giving him that game time. Um, So I, yeah, I'd been massively surprised if he didn't come back because I can't see why that decision would have been made um, without his long-term development as, as the forefront of, of that decision.
1: Okay, well, moving on then there's a full week now to prepare for Sheffield United potentially, I mean, potentially on form the two worst teams in the league right now. I mean, is this the game that we need? or is this another nightmare scenario like we've seen with so many of the teams in the in the bottom six to ten of the league at the moment. I'll, th- I'll throw that to you.
3: We, um, well, we don't really need a game for the rest of the season. So you can't say this is a game we need. Right? We don't need any more um, unless it's the Champions League because um, I think we could go on to win that massive 2005 vibes from me at the moment in our season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we drop points here, look, that Europa League theme tune's getting louder and louder in my ears. So it's going to be, look, we just need a win like a grubby 1-0, that I'll be over the moon. That'll be the best win I've ever seen for Liverpool.
1: Uh, I guess it's a little bit too early to be talking team news and lineups and stuff, but is there any particular changes or whatever that you would like to see for this game, Emma? Uh,
2: I think Gibber had, had a good shout with perhaps bringing in, in the Ox into midfield, um, which mm-hmm. your dogs approve of, Andy. Um, Definitely, big fans of the Ox in midfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no I yeah I just think yeah perhaps perhaps bring him in um and like I say just for me I think you have to start Kurtz Jones um so yeah those two were kind of two that I'd like to see just just give them given them that little bit of impetus a bit of creativity and just get at Sheffield United they're absolutely there to be taken so
1: mm. they are absolutely rubbish that shouldn't be forgotten so I mean if <laughs> this needs this is probably going to end up being the measure of just how bad liverpool slump is at the moment because if they can't get anything out of this game then it really is quite a bad situation um but we shall see just before we finish then uh, it was a good week good win in the champions league before the merseyside derby we have talked about this a little bit before in previous podcasts but just after that win then against uh rb leipzig do we actually believe that Liverpool can do something in Europe this season, given how bad we've been domestically of late, or is it one of those things where all bets are off in the Champions League? And, and as Purdy said, you know there is a little bit of a, a 2005 vibe going on. Gibber, what, what do you think about that?
0: I think look, we we, we should get through now, shouldn't we? Uh, obviously, with the two 0 is a nice little buffet And then there's quarterfinal starts in April, which just gives us a little bit of opportunity to get a few more back. I mean, we might have even more injuries by then, who knows, <laughs> but uh, we're, trying to be, we're trying to finish on a positive, are we? will be on yeah, exactly. pairing 30, number 30.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, you know, a couple more back, you know, Jotis should be back around, which should help, you know, a couple of more Definitely. midfield options as well and i've just still got a bit of a sneaky one on virgil this season i just i mean every time i see these little videos i'm like he's fine playing yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like he looks so this is i don't want anyone thinking i'm itk on this at all and i haven't heard any rumors uh, from any doctors or anything i just every time i see these videos and he looks well better than i've looked at any point in my life even when i was third age um yeah. you know i just i just feel that you know he's 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 closer than they're making out, um, and so yeah, so get a get a generous draw in the quarterfinals because it looks like there's going to a couple of decent teams teams going to go out aren't they, maybe so generous mm-hmm. draw in the quarterfinals and then a big verge back for the semi and maybe that's what we all need.
1: There you go. You heard it here at first. Um, <laughs> says he's not an ITK, but I mean, I'm taking that as, <laughs> as, as, as fact. Uh, but yeah, you you you're you're full in for Champions League, aren't you? You're you've already got the tattoo well, seven. Yeah, running, uh, what else? I mean, what you, is?
3: What else is there to wish for this season? It's all we've got. So yeah, all in number seven, please.
1: Okay, love it. All right, I think that is all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, please drop us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and you enjoyed what you've heard here on the Gagan Press. Uh, We will be back again this time next week to, I mean, hopefully, for God's sake, let's be talking through a win against Sheffield United. (laughs) I mean, if not, I mean, we might just not do a podcast next (laughs) week, but let's see how it goes. Um, Well, it's... Thank you very much. Alex Purdy, of course, is joining us as always. Say goodbye, Purds. Goodbye. Emma, well, let's hope your eye is better and not worse next time.
2: Yes, hopefully. Take care, everyone.
1: And uh, John Gibbons from the Anfield Wrap, thank you very much for, for joining us this week. And we hope to have you again another time.
0: Absolute pleasure, mate, anytime.
1: All right, see you next week.